thing by you too. No, so wait a minute. What I just heard was, wait, wait, wait. What I just, we're live by the way. What I just heard was Matt Charney is going to do the dance. That's what I just heard. Yeah. Wow. I told him uh, in Stealing Partners Dance, he might, uh, he might indeed. Well, I, I definitely need to be there because I'm going to record that. I am clearing my calendar. I am I am flying in. This is you have just changed my entire October. That's it. That'll be that's Nashville for anybody who wants to watch Matt dance. Is that what's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I can't wait. Well, I don't know hey, if we'll have it. I'm I may be willing as well, so we'll see. <laughs> Do we have a? Do we get a tribal headdress for Jerry? He needs a hat of some sort, and I think yeah, that you have to should... earn the headdress. Yeah, uh, uh, see, yeah, I and I'm I'm willing to do that, you know, but it could take some time. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll put in the work. I assure you. Yeah. And of course, we, you know, you're always festive in your hats already. We don't want to take away from that. Just bring your own. Okay, fair. <laughs> Oh, Rob, she's good. She's real good. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to start? We are ready. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody. Hello from the basement of Career Crossroads. Okay, if you're watching, you can see we're not in the basement, but we are dialed in on behalf of the CXR community. This is, for those who don't know, uh, a nearly 30-year-old community of TA professionals from literally around the world uh, who work at organizations that hire an average of between 2,000 to 200,000 people a year each. Now at CXR, we connect those members and we're at over 5,000 leaders and practitioners. We connect them every single week uh, in our forums, uh, online workshops, uh, virtual roundtables, live meetings, leadership summits, uh, all kinds of good stuff. Now, in fact, we've got a leadership meeting uh, coming up here in Chicago, Illinois, in just a few weeks. If you're interested in checking out those details uh, and what we have in store, I think we've got a wellness program uh, on the agenda, coaching discussions. We have a labor market economist that's coming in, uh, some show and tell from some pretty impressive brands, that kind of thing. You can find more at cxr.works slash events. If you hang out till the end and you know you want to, uh, I'll walk you through that page. Uh, today's show is actually streaming live on uh, Vimeo, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course, CXR.works slash podcast, where you can also find an entire archive of our show and those transcripts and search and sift through those. Now, additionally, you'll see what's ahead after today's show. And of course, you can get those calendars blocked accordingly so you can dial in and join live. Now, one of the benefits of joining us live is our chat. So please don't be shy. If you've got any questions or comments about the show and you're here with us live today, uh, just add it to the chat. We'll call you out. We'll get you included in the show. Now, you can also use that chat as a great way to drop in your LinkedIn profile to connect with our guests and other listeners. So settle in, crank up that treadmill or top off that coffee, because for the next 20 minutes, we're going to be chatting about an interesting topic and challenging area of recruiting in our space, high volume, uh, and some of the lessons uh, learned and some of the innovations seen over the last few challenging years. Now, who better uh, to chat with us but our industry friends and CXR members, 
head of recruiting for America's third largest Native American tribe, Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, and a member of his team, and the main ingredient to his secret sauce of recruiting success, his director of staffing at Choctaw Nation. Uh, with that, why don't you please welcome Rob Drogwool, and there you go, Amber Cole. How are you guys? Hi. Hi, and I think you called that outright. She's definitely the secret ingredient for me. Secret sauce to the sex. Well, you know, we've got another not have a discussion about high volume recruiting and not include this amazing talent leader because none of this would have happened if it wasn't for her team and what she's done. I love it. I love the accolades. Uh, okay, so we have another secret sauce of success here. Also joining us today is Mr. Crispin. Hello, nice Jerry. We always love to have a Jerry and Chris. I know we've been uh, CXR members. I want to say I think I've been a member for like 20 years at least. Yeah. So it's always Quite likely to talk with both of you. Well, it's good. So, well, let, let's do this really quick before we jump in. Uh, I'm going to ask that Rob, you and Amber each give sort of what we'd like to call an escalator pitch over who sure. each of you are. Uh, and I think we start with Amber. Uh, and she can sort of give us a quick introduction. So Amber, just give us kind of like a, who, who is Amber? Where does Amber come from? Why should we be listening to Amber today? And then you can just pass the baton over to Rob. How's that? Okay. So my name is Amber Caldwell. Um, as you said, I'm the director of staffing here at the Durant Casino and IT. Um, I started in the casino and I've worked for Choctaw Nation for over 10 years. I am a tribal member and everything I know has been high volume up until Rob came to be our senior director, and he's really introduced more of our sourcing, headhunting type positions. Okay, and, and Rob, how about yourself? Uh, so my name is Rob Dromgool. I've been recruiting for um, about 26, 27 years. Um, predominantly, I got an MBA in business, Army veteran, and my specialty throughout most of my career has been kind of the sniping or how to fill kind of the hard to fill positions. And so in pairing with someone like Amber, who is an expert in high volume, uh, our disparity and diversity of backgrounds has really paired well. And we have a team of roughly 40 plus recruiters right now. And the end of the fiscal year is in a few days. And we've already had about 8,000 hires and 11,000 offers. And so we've had a good year. Wow. That's no joke. Well, Rob, thanks for your service. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. So look, you two, you two have talked a little bit about like sort of looting. We're going to talk high volume, but let me ask you, I want to, because I think, and I mentioned this, I think in the green room earlier, I think that uh, there were a couple of topics of recruiting that really floated to the top in regards to um, uh, public discussions or regar regards to, you know, real focus of attention. Uh, I think, you know, college recruiting was one of those as an easy example, right? But I think high volume while high volume didn't necessarily stop for a lot of us, for some of us, it got even more crazy during the pandemic. So uh, I, I think that it warrants a little bit of a spotlight. And I would love to hear what each of you kind of feel like is your biggest lesson learned of, of really pushing an increase in volume th through, a, through a pandemic like we, like we have the last couple of years. Like what, what would you say your big takeaways were over the sure. last couple of years? Let me set the stage for Amber and she can fill in as much of the details as we want. But keep in mind for us, one of our recruiting managers, Carissa at IT, she might be watching, she has locked on a date of when the pandemic started, which I think was on March 18th, was the actual date where we closed our casino doors for the first time. And I believe we, we were only closed for a few months in May, 
we opened everything up again. So we were, a lot of the work world was completely shut down and everyone was working from home. Whereas our tribe made the leadership decision where we were going to open up our 23 casinos and three resorts back up to the world a short two and a half months later. Mm-hmm. So that recruiting burden fell on uh, Amber here, as well as Tanya for our remote regions, Tanya Ibsen, and they did a bang up job. So, I mean, what do you, what do you, how would you answer that question? Yeah. So I think, Chris, I think you're exactly right. All of the focus was put on virtual and, um, all the different ways to adapt when working from home and things like that. But everything we were doing was still in person. So one of the things we really had to learn to communicate, which we've never had to before, was what precautions we were taking, um, what was in it for them, which is always top of mind when you're doing high volume recruiting. Um, and really, every everything was trying to sell us virtual job fairs, virtual pretty much everything. And we just had to put a lot of effort into making sure that we executed things as safely as possible, but we still had in-person job fairs through the pandemic. Um, we would keep everything distance. We had to have extra people there to, you know, wipe everything down, sanitize it in between candidates. Um, but people still wanted to be out and wanted to be around others. So they were actually huge successes for us. And what we found just from a high level business perspective, since places like Las Vegas were shut down, um, they basically flocked to our casinos and resorts. So for them, they actually had record revenue and profits. Well, that was my question for you, Rob. Like that, it almost, that push to almost stay open is almost a differentiator for you at that time, right? For people still looking to work, still looking to meet in person. We, from an employment standpoint, and we don't talk about it a lot because I think the Choctaw culture kind of by nature is very humble, but they made the decision not to lay a single person off and they paid, you know, our housekeepers or cooks for the about the two months where we were shut down. Everyone still had, everyone still got paid. Everyone still got their full money, and which was great because when they decided to open the doors, everyone was still there. And we didn't lose that many. There wasn't a huge. I mean, there were some, but I don't think we lost a huge percentage of workers due to a fear of wanting to come back. I think. No, it was primarily. Yeah. You know, if they didn't wasn't able to get their kids in a daycare, or school wasn't back in session, things like that were um, more of a factor than them just not wanting to return. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, so, oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, say, uh, you know, when they did decide to keep everyone paid, you know, we have a lot of tipped positions, and they made the decision to pay them more than their base rate because their base rate is lower because they receive tips. But when we were closed they made the decision to pay them a higher hourly wage and then help them also file for any supplemental um, unemployment if they weren't up to what they were receiving before. And Amber, I would imagine that that is something that in your communications or in the marketing of those roles, you, you really, really amp up the messaging around. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely think that, especially in these entry level roles, people are looking for stability. You know, they need something that can support their lives that they can count on. And that's what we can offer. And that's, definitely a huge selling point for us. And, and how is that looking now as we're, we're coming out of, right, this this pandemic piece? I mean, how do, are you shifting your messaging a little bit or is it is it more of the same for you guys? You know, I think that's a fair question. Um, we, I would say it's, for us, the pandemic was only like two or three months. You know, so we've been kind of going full bore but we, we, we are seeing some market 
changes, you know, uh, high volume for us, in my opinion, at least the data that I see is still our largest pain point. Mm -hmm. So despite, despite the talk at a big level about a pending recession or macroeconomic waves, for us, it's still a very tight labor market mm -hmm. and we are struggling to fill the the high the high volume positions. I mean, it's still full bore go. But it is interesting. Um, and I think our message has shifted some um, to a lot of candidates and it seems crazy, but it's almost like pandemic is, is so far in the past, even though it really isn't. Um, so that selling that point of everyone's kept, you know, where he's still being paid and still guaranteed their position when they came back is almost not as big of a selling point in this moment as it was previously. Yeah. Yeah. The candidates today are more, you know, what we're fighting, we've like a challenge that we've had, but I've seen a recent shift is we've had candidates that would previously might be open to commuting, say mm -hmm. 30 or 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And because the cost of gas is rising as an example, they're like, well, it's not, it's not worth it for me to commute that far because of yeah. as an example. Yeah, that uniquely you're in a I, I don't want to say isolated. You you but you are out in an in not in an urban area. <laughs> when I look at your pictures that you post, I mean they're beautiful and they are fabulous. And I think they actually are the kind of thing that attract and engage people who don't want to be in an urban environment. Mm -hmm. But it's also um, I mean, some of your success is also dependent upon your ability to bring your customers in. And and obviously, throughout all of this, you've still had a steady flow of your customers coming in, because otherwise you wouldn't need all those people to serve them. No, and I, I want to say a kudos and shout out to anyone in our marketing. They partner with some of our I'd like TRG as an example. I know there's probably others, but they have done a fantastic job of marketing and selling our consumer brand to like the Dallas communities or Fort Smith and Arkansas. And they are world-class at, at getting our consumer brand out to the people who want to come to the casinos. And, and that consumer branding has certainly helped. We've been the beneficiaries of that on, on the recruiting front. So we are very grateful for, their success. Yeah, it seems to me, Rob, you'd almost describe your target hiring demographic as as hypersensitive to uh, po like political and economical environments. I don't know. So, what do you, what do you say for high volume? Because I mean, for us, the high volume is the is our you know they're and, and Amber, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're they're just looking at how much you get to pay me by the hour. <laughs> What benefits am I going to get? I don't know that they're thinking that deep. <laughs> well, and that becomes a difficult conversation for anyone that's trying to make changes at their company to get the people with the ability to make those decisions to understand the mindset of interest. They, they just want a job that they can live off of and be happy to go to. And, you know, what other benefits can they receive from it? Um, and that's really all it boils down to. And one of the things that Amber taught me that I did not know, for example, um, and some of you in recruiting land might not know this either, Indeed still has the number one market share for uh, a, a job board, but their number one search parameter is not job titles. Candidates' primary search is they go into the field 
and they just search on what jobs are open in that community and that's it. Mm -hmm. They're not searching by a job type. That's the primary search. So those entry level are literally just sorting the jobs by how much they pay. Give me work. And that's how they apply. Yeah. So that, it's full time, part time, you know, it really schedule things like that are really what make the difference to what decision, what job they're going to apply for. Well, so you mentioned, yeah, and Rob, you mentioned uh, Indeed. So mm -hmm. talk, talk to us a little bit about the, the tech stack that Choctaw Nation uses for high volume. Did that change at all during the pandemic? Was there something well, it's new? changing here? now. I tell you, that was some recent Indeed changes. But uh, at the time where we leveraged, we leveraged a combination of Indeed, Indeed sponsored jobs. Mm -hmm. We have a company called Callfire slash Easy Text, which people might be familiar with that we use. And at the time, also Facebook Jobs was operational. Mm. Um, but we are starting to see some shifts in the marketplace. Indeed has is, is made some strategic decisions that we have to kind of rethink how we're going to recruit mm -hmm. high volume wise. We're in the process of working out. But what tools did I miss on that? Um, Indeed, Tauru, Facebook, Tauru. Text sorry, to apply. text to apply. And text to apply is driven through Indeed currently. Um, and with Indeed, we had a resume search and sponsored jobs. Um, because high volume, it takes so much legwork. Um, because typically, when, so with the resume search, when you message someone, it messages them through email, from Indeed to an email. And I would say a lot of people will sign up with an email they never check or they no longer have access to. True. So you really got to put the numbers out to actually get a response that's going to hit your targets in hiring. And Amber, was was texting new for Choctaw? Yes. yes. Um, so we used to have our, you would ha you'd have your cell phone and you could text one by one. But we, when you're doing high volume, you really need to be, have the ability to do mass texting. So um, that's why we started using easy text. You can do it from your computer. You can upload a spreadsheet and text everybody all at once, or you can have one off conversation. So it really gave some flexibility. Um, and we also started using Calendly so that you know, you're cut and dry, they're qualified, they're rehirable, or they've never worked for us before, that you know you can go ahead and set up. We can send them a link with multiple options and they can schedule their own interview. And it really saves time because like I said, it is a lot of legwork from one hire to you have to double that and double that. And you, it just keeps going to where your original pool of applicants that you're reaching out to is just huge. And what I will say is one of the things that Amber taught me, so as a old timer, headhunter, I was always like, hey, pick up the phone and cold call or do in-mail or do email. What we found, these high volume candidates do not, they don't answer the phone. Nope. And a lot of them don't have email. <laughs> and really the only tool that worked was texting. I mean, that's how they communicate. They, they don't want to answer their phone. And, they, and what's email? Who uses email? I would actually well, argue that yeah. even um, more of high volume or not high volume, um, hard to fill or high level positions now prefer a text to start the conversation as well. Um, you know, so we, we hire a lot of chefs and they're always working, always back of house. So calling them while they're working, it's hit or miss. And mm -hmm. if you send them a text, you might get a response at 3 a.m., but you got a response. And then you can set up when to actually dive into that conversation from there. Yeah, well, I think we've seen for at least a decade now, really, the, the emergence of mobile and mainstream of texting for candidates. And so it's wonderful to see some organizations like Choctaw Nation be able to pick that up and, and really hit the ground running with it. Was it 
was it an easy thing to adopt? I mean, how, how many of your recruiters are, are sitting there doing the doing the texting uh, to the candidates? I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but I want to say we've sent almost 60,000 text messages this fiscal year when it's all said and done. Wow. So, and that 60,000 has netted us, say, 11,000 offers. Um, and then uh, we had about 8,000 hires. So even though we offered 11,000, only 8,000 of those showed up, right? We lost a whatever that percentage is, maybe where's yeah. that 10%. But that's that open rate, rate, Rob, and that response yeah, it's a ghost rate, rate, right? So I mean, just the funnel of that's crazy compared to like old school email. And oh, consider yeah. now, and Jerry mentioned this, we are we are in a candidate scarce environment. So we are not, Dallas is an hour and a half away. The entire state of Oklahoma has only 4 million people who live in it, right? So the town that our largest resort is based in only has about 20,000 population. Mm -hmm. So we have to reach as many people as we can. You have to engage them to want to come there. You know, yeah. obviously they haven't been there and obviously, and perhaps many of them have been as customers uh, in some way, shape or form. Not, not as many customers, but sometimes. Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes they're gonna come and maybe watch a concert, you know, maybe they're gonna see it. So, so if you, I'm I'm really curious. Have you started to look at the three thousand that didn't show up? That's a good question. What do you What do you think? So we talked about what the what makes up those three thousand, mm -hmm. right? Because we offered them, they didn't come. Now some of them didn't pass background, but what were some of the other things? Yeah. So we have a few reasons why. Because ghosting is only one of the reasons. It could be that they failed their drug screen, that they failed their background. Um, Things like that can also be the difference of an offer to a hire. Um, but a good chunk of it is truly they just didn't show up. Um, and part of that is going to be your timing. You know, are you pushing them out a week before they come in to do paperwork? But then they've already started somewhere else. You have to move very quickly. Um, and we actually have started to look into it and do, um, do a report on what step they're falling out of. Um, because, you know, is it they did their paperwork and they didn't go to their first day or did they accept and never show up to paperwork, things like that. And then also what distance did they live from um, from the casino and what positions are primarily falling out? So then we can kind of determine, you know, is it a trend because they live too far away? Is it a trend with this particular department? And maybe they're not offering to the right people so we can talk to them about, you know, what their target demographic for that candidate really is. And one, oh, of the things that, yeah, oh, one of the things that Amber did that really reduced our ghosting rate is on our job fairs, what we started doing was actually offering on the spot. So they would interview with the hiring manager or even with the recruiter and her recruiters wouldn't let, we would even have someone positioned at the door where we wouldn't let the people exit the event center unless we wanted to ensure that they had an offer or had a chance to interview. So we almost have like intercepting, like, like, no, don't leave. Did you interview? Did you get an offer? So she would literally offer the people there on the spot. And the only restriction we had is just our onboarding limitations. So the, the, no, the no show, the ghosting and the no show, I know that's a big issue for a lot of people, right? As we went, as we went through the, the height of the pandemic and a lot of people complaining about the, you know, that element of recruiting. And I, and I don't mean to take away from it, but having done high volume in, in rural, really rural areas, there's an element of boomerang talent. So folks coming back, what, did you have a, did you have a strategy, uh, Robin Amber, around boomerangs or how you handled boomerangs that were coming back to to apply again 
Well, a good chunk of our candidates who apply have indeed worked for us before. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know what, what do you think the so, percentage is offhand? I actually don't know the percentage yeah. offhand, but it, it is pretty high that um, someone that's worked for us before will come back to us, um, which I do think speaks to us as an organization that totally. they yeah. want to come back. Um, but also we do have those kind of repeat offenders that they continually leave and want to come back. Mm -hmm. um, so every time we have a rehire, we check, make sure that their termination was all in good terms or it wasn't anything serious. Make sure it's someone that we want to bring back to the organization. And we've started just informing our hiring managers. You know, if they've worked for us twice before, we let the hiring manager know so they can have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you work for us twice, two months at a time each time. What's different about this? What's yep. What do I need to do to make you stay or what's changed in your life to make you want to commit to this? Um, and we just have that real conversation and, you know, kind of let each hiring manager make the decision from there. It's, well, I think being ready for that's pretty powerful. I love the transparency of that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and the hourly workforce have choices, right? So right. If, if they have a couple of bad days, they can literally go find something very easily. And we find even for things like tax season, what we've seen during tax season is someone gets their tax return and they're going to decide that, you know what? I got a nice tax return from the IRS. I'm not going to work for a few weeks. <laughs> so they'll quit. And then the tax money will run out. And then they'll come back. And, I well, mean, Rob, mine's out. always the opposite. Tax season comes around and I panic. I'm not working enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're blessed with abundance. <laughs> so the, the it's the work. The it, volume workforce is a very different workforce. Yeah, yeah for sure. For and, sure. And it's in that. But we desperately need them. Our operations would not be successful without them. The backbone of all of our casinos and resorts, and we're always striving for ways to look at how can we better retain that talent. The HR, to HR's credit, um, I want to give them a shout out because they've worked with us and partnering with our managers and doing nominal group. I mean, Amber and I were part of like talking with a collection of our housekeepers and trying to understand why that they might look for other employment. And one of the findings was. We didn't have enough cleaning supplies and our vacuum cleaners were broken. Interesting. And so I was like, we were like, you mean to tell me that if you had more access to cleaning supplies and vacuum cleaners that work, that you'd be more inclined to stay? Oh, absolutely. That's all I need. I just want a vacuum cleaner that works. <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. the root of it right there. Yeah. So, and, but, you know, HR helped us to do those types of nominal groups with the various employee populations. Rob, I, I will tell you in, in my roughly 30 years of doing this, I have never seen such a guide on, I mean, I've never seen anybody really carry the flag for their organization and their teams, the, the way that we see you do it. Oh, you were always, you were always championing your team. Absolutely. You were always making sure that they get full visibility. I, I just think it speaks volumes to your leadership style. Well, well, thank you, and and I and I got to be honest with you. One of the reasons why I like partnering with Amber is, um, and I asked her some candid feedback and what she thought I could do better. And she's just like, wow, you know, I think you need to get out there to the people more. And because what we're about, all the money that we make um, goes back to fund tribal services. And even we we opened up this conversation with talking about our recruiting leadership teams or tribal members dancing at the HR.com event. Um, everything that we do here is about giving back to the tribe and to enable the tribe's success. So all the money that our casinos make, it pays for the police force, it pays for tribal housing, it pays for food, 
it pays for the nine healthcare clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, there's so many things. Um, and to just to have the honor of being, even though I am not a, I am not a tribal member, um, however, about 70% of our recruiting team is. Um, to, I, Chief has told me personally, he's like, Rob, you want to find people who are shut down spirit. That's all right. Okay. Um, um, I, I speak the language horribly. <laughs> but uh, to just try to, they make me feel part of the family. So I, I try to be shut down spirit and to try to be able to just enable the tribe's success in some small way. I feel like it's, uh, we're servant leaders. So um, yeah. I love watching, you know, people like Amber just, just get out of her way and give her the tools and the budget she needs. And cool. Well, it certainly shows. Yeah, it certainly shows. Look, I, I know we're getting ready to wrap up. I, I do want to, let's draw a little more. Let's come back to full circle to the Matt Charney dance. Talk to me about mm -hmm. October 10th. Uh, you're going to be in Nashville for those, those who October 5th. October 5th. Oh, it's 5th. Are, sorry. October 5th. Yeah, um, we are going to be at the HR.com Nashville event. And HR.com was kind enough to offer free registration if our tribal member recruiters would perform. So we are going to have seven tribal members pair with our cultural dance team. And they're going to be in full regalia, mm -hmm. jewelry, hats, the works. And we're going to perform that week. <laughs> the tribe's going to perform Oh, I got excited. I was like, Matt and Robert dancing. <laughs> no, I'm not going to appropriate Choctaw culture. Um, and, but it'll be an opportunity for the tribal members to showcase the Choctaw nature of Oklahoma culture to the world. And it also gave the opportunity for our recruiting leaders, for, the first, for some of them for the first time, to put on traditional regalia and to get in touch with their culture more. So it was kind of a win-win. So I love it. But I assume... Matt will be involved if I can find him. Is Choctaw Nation is one of the few tribes that um, allow um, non-tribal members to participate in their social dances. So one of the dances we'll be performing is the Stealing Partners dance, where we actually it starts out stealing uh, other dancers and it ends up with us stealing people from the crowd to participate. As long as you know the environment allows it. We're not jumping up and off the of stages, but um, so that we can get them involved and they can participate in our social dances. And some of the recruiting leaders, since they got volunteered for this, um, I've been told that I probably will get recruited. Highly likely that I'll be uh, stolen. You're getting voluntold. That's what's happening. You're getting included. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good things. Good. All right. Very good. Uh, we have fun. We have fun. So look, here, here's how we typically wrap up the show. I will. I asked the guest if they were going to write a book about this topic. What would the title of that book be? Now, Rob and Amber, you have co-authored this book together. Hmm. What are the two of you going to title the book, and why? I the first thing that comes to mind, and Amber, I'm going to let her give her answer is face to face works. You know, I don't know. I mean, I I just think for us, we have to. We have to meet them. We're serving our customers. You know, they have to be on site. The job fairs work for us, but I don't know what else I would call it. I would think? lean more towards the art of effective hustling. There you go. Purse is way better. So the art of effective hustling. Because ladies and gentlemen, we see once again why she's here today. So the yeah. art of effective hustling. <laughs> And, you know, Tammy Ibsen with our remote team, the managers on our teams, I don't, I, you know, Sarah, Jesse, JC, Casey, Krissa, Kristen, uh, would never be successful without them. Okay, so, so Amber, you got the name. 
who gets the first signed copy of your book? Well, of course, both of you. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, that's twice, two shows in a row. We get the <laughs> <laughs> ah, see together we're better. She's <laughs> much more effective at this than I am. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Anything we should know? Any any anywhere you want to send any of the listeners as as we kind of uh as we wrap up here today? No, we just invite both of you to connect with us on LinkedIn if you want to learn in more detail. And of course, you're welcome to uh any of our casinos and resorts. We'd love to have you. Um, I think the Judds are playing here in October soon. We've got other high-end bands, you know, that that come on through here. It's a, it, is it a four-star resort, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can't, she fills can't, it all. 4,000 employees out there. Can't go wrong with that. Well, and I'd like to add, if you are a leader of a talent acquisition um, for high volume, put some effort into keeping your team uplifted and beat up. You know, if you've got that many people ghosting all of your hard work and then it feels like very minimal results you've got to keep them motivated and feeling appreciated yep she's not wrong all right rob amber thank you so much for your time we really appreciate you making time to join us we're super appreciative of that i'm going to put you in the green room don't go anywhere we're going to talk just a little bit you can hang out in there with jerry how's that Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, I'll put you both in there. Hang on one second. I just want to share a screen with a couple of folks here. If you're still hanging in there with us as we wrap up, just a reminder, I'm walking you through it. If it's on, uh, if you're watching us on video, you can see it. This is cxr.org slash events. You can see what's up. There's Rob's pretty face. Uh, that's today's podcast, obviously. We've got uh, upcoming, I'm just going to walk you through the remainder or coming up October, we've got our Q3 community meeting uh, for EMEA that is right around the corner. We're also doing a plus one. You don't have to steal your partner, just bring a partner. So even if they're not a CXR member, we're opening that up to you so you can do that. Uh, again, it is our Q3 meeting, and I'll scroll down a little bit. You can see that's September 28th, so that's right around the corner. Next week, interestingly enough, on the podcast show, we've got Ryan Batty. He is um, from Indeed, and we're going to talk about pay transparency. we got a lot of leaders who are asking, why are our jobs showing pay ranges that aren't our pay ranges? And Ryan's going to come in here and talk a little bit about that with us and why transparency is important there. Uh, we got a fall leadership meeting I mentioned earlier coming up October 10th. Uh, that is going to be in Chicago. So check that out if you are a head of talent acquisition. And then on the following podcast on October 11th, we got some folks who have come from big TA organizations and they've moved into starter, into startup organizations, a whole new set of TA leadership muscles. And they're going to talk about what that looks and feels like to them. Moving from big organizations, for instance, like Nike, uh, down to organizations that maybe have two recruiters on their team. And they're gonna share how that's different and challenging. And then we're welcoming back on October 20th, Kat Kibben. KK is gonna come on in and talk to you about what to do when candidates won't apply to your jobs. And that's a workshop coming up. And then lastly, uh, for October, or lastly on this, we've got a couple of things that'll get added between now and then. But at the end of October, just before Halloween, we're gonna talk about keys to optimizing your mind in our monthly lecture series. Uh, and we're excited about that. Neuroscience keys for optimized performance. You're not gonna to wanna to miss that. Uh, and with that, I just want to tell everybody, thank you oh so much for joining us today. And we will see you next week where, well, gosh, we're just going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. So until then, join us and we'll see you online at CXR.Works. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, CXR.Works. Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Career Crossroads and on Instagram at Career X Roads. We'll catch you next time.